Welcome to the Future Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Harrop, and it's my mission to help create more female leaders in the workplace. And today's episode, it's a little bit different where I am sharing a guest episode, meaning I had the opportunity to guest on Dalton Jensen's podcast called The Thinking Project. If you're local here in Salt Lake City, Utah, you will see many familiar names or perhaps different brands that you might be more familiar with. It's a really cool podcast talking to founders and entrepreneurs. If you're into that, I had a great time chatting with Dalton, so you should check out his podcast as well. In this episode, we started talking about my podcast because that was something we easily both have in common. And then we quickly transitioned into the concept of quiet quitting. What does that look like and why we both aren't a fan of that phrase or term? And then we were also talking about bad bosses versus good bosses. What are the key differences there? As well as why we shouldn't be promoting our top performers without confirming things to understand if they're also good people leaders too. So again, this one was a fun one for me to be a guest and I think you're going to love it. All right. Enjoy. All right, Nicole. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for welcoming me over here. Yeah, 100%. You're, you do a lot of things. I do. Leadership coaching. I know there's a better term for that, but I have ADHD, so we'll talk about it. Uh, But you also have a podcast. I do. Yeah, it's been going on for a long time. Mm -hmm. Four years. Four years? Holy cow. How many episodes do you have? Uh, 239. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, I, I like, this is where I kind of geek out. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you like about doing a podcast? Like what made you keep doing it for so long? You know, most don't mm-hmm. get past 100 episodes. Most don't get past oh, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. What's, what, what's, what do you think you attribute that to? Yeah, I think when I was originally doing, even contemplating the idea of a podcast, I was actually looking to be a guest on other podcasts so that I could right? Build a brand and get people to know, like, and trust me and kind of share my message of what I do for the leadership coaching side of things. And, uh, there weren't a lot of podcasts at the time, even just four short years ago where there were people like more women, uh, even people of color. There was a lot of older white men who were doing (laughs) podcasts, uh, and sharing content that I felt was really old school. And that just didn't resonate with me. And I didn't feel like women particularly should try to change so much about themselves to fit into this male dominated corporate environment. So my friend said, I guess you better start your own. So I learned all the things and it was not easy all the time and (laughs) uh, trying to push through when no one was listening. You know, I, I look at my numbers and they're just sad at the beginning for a long time and recently surpassed over a hundred thousand downloads and that's that helps keep me going and seeing the people that you know are frequent listeners and people reaching out saying that my message does make a difference is exactly what I need and the conversations I have are they're they're needed and a lot of women that I have come on my podcast say I don't know if I have something to offer and we start talking for a few minutes and quickly jump into something that multiple women and people in general in the workplace would find value in. Yeah. 
I like that. I had a friend of mine who did the hers is the Mama Hood podcast. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like five years ago, she was like, "There's no mom podcast. We'll yeah. just make one." Mm-hmm. And she was like one of the first ones. And I'm like, "Holy cow, this is insane." Is it Aubrey Grossen? Aubrey and her her co-host yeah. Marin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Marin I went to a retreat with Aubrey earlier this year. She's amazing. Yeah, Aubrey's great. Yeah. Uh, her co-host Marin is who I know really well. Her, okay. Okay. So her she. Her, Marin, mm-hmm. uh, has been on the podcast. She's great. But she was companions with my wife on their oh, mission. Oh, cool, cool. And, and then I know Dal and her husband really nice. well. And so, yeah, I've met Aubrey maybe once or twice. But yeah. um, but they're awesome. And they do that podcast, and it's great. And I love your podcast. I think, I think that's what's cool about this medium mm-hmm. is you can – it doesn't matter anymore. Right. Like anybody can go start one, and you can start getting your message out there, and mm-hmm. you can start networking. And, and I, that's what I like. My podcast has just turned into a networking tool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, what's, do you have like a, do you have like a hit list of like favorite episodes? Oh gosh, I would say my most popular episode by far is episode number 30. You have to scroll way back and <laughs> yeah, only yeah, the yeah. apps made it a little easier to search. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's all about how to confidently ask for a raise. And so that's a big topic that comes Ooh. up time and time again. And yeah. Uh, yeah, people are still finding that in other mediums that I've mentioned it and scrolling yeah. back to find how, that particular episode. How long ago was that one? I'm going to turn this off. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Uh, if it was episode 30, I mean, probably at least three and a half years ago. <laughs> so a pretty decent yeah. amount of time. Dude, that's great. And do you think, um, so how to confidently ask for a raise. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that advice then still applies now on like how to oh, do yeah. it? Is it the same? Mm-hmm. Yep. How All the you- same kind of principles that I lean into, especially again for women in the workplace. Yeah. Not as confident. So I, you know, lean into that piece there and recognizing how to start that conversation because myself as a woman in the workplace, I did a lot of the quote unquote right things and hoped that I would be noticed. And then I would see other people or my male counterparts be getting raises over me. And I thought, what, what am I missing here? Mm -hmm. So I kind of broke it down in a way that people can go in and tune into that episode and see the ways that they're already doing what's needed to get that raise. They just need to start the conversation. And I give some yeah. tips on that. Too. Okay, cool. So go listen to that one, but give me like the reader's digest condensed version. Oh, of the, of yeah, the episode? I've, had a, I've had to ask for a raise. Yeah. So in reality, it's breaking down. What was your job description in, initially, which I tell people save that <laughs> job description. You you're going to yeah. look back at it and you're going to think you don't need it for whatever reason. And then you go back and look at it and you recognize for whatever reason to recognize the accomplishments first and foremost of what was originally listed. And then you go back and see, what am I doing now? What's the difference? What things have I learned? What things have I taken on? What skills have I mastered? And then you're able to, in black and white, see the things that you're doing on top of the initial roles and responsibilities. I took on a whole training department and that wasn't listed in my you oh, know, yeah. roles and responsibilities. So that was something I could say, oh, I've taken on this. That was a side project. But now I do so much of that. Yeah. What does that look like in terms of a pay increase? And so if you break that down yeah. and then have the conversation with your boss, hey, I'm curious, right? You start the conversation of what would it look like to, you know, get a race here? Do I have to wait until annual review? Starting to have those conversations with your boss, yeah. curious, coming from a place of curiosity, sure. then having them go to bat for you because I've worked in leadership positions for 12 years. And I will tell you, <laughs> it's 
a mess when it comes to raises <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. You know, I yeah. see people that are like, Hey, I got a raise for so-and-so. I'm like, Oh, how did you do that? They're like, I just asked our boss. And I thought, Oh gosh, I thought it had to be so much more formal. <laughs> so, um, yeah. recognizing that it's not something that's usually just an automatic thing. And at the end of the year, it's really a cost of living increase for the most part. So I, teach people that that is not a raise. That's not a pay increase. It's a cost of living increase. So it's important to communicate with your leader that you also are looking for that raise. And the big point there is sometimes they'll say, oh, well, you are doing these things, but it's not an, uh, it's not a forever thing. It's a temporary project. Yeah. yeah then yeah. I say, adjust your language to asking for a bonus because you should be compensated for that additional project work that you're doing or for people, you know, COVID's been, you know, we've done yeah. the work from home. We've taken on roles and responsibilities from people who've been laid off. Let's communicate, Hey, I've been taking on all of these other tasks since all these people were laid off. What can I be compensated for, for that? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is like the barrier for those conversations? Like maybe, you know, because it's always kind of like there's no there's almost like no safe space in, in work now. Like mm -hmm. I remember getting in an argument with people, even people who I've had on this podcast about the whole quiet quitting thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like I thought that was bullshit. Mm -hmm. I was like, they're like, quite, you're quiet quitting. And I'm like, no, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I save job descriptions because yeah. I'm the I'm the contract like. I just feel like, no, 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 this is what I signed. Remember yes, that? <laughs> yes, exactly. And most job descriptions are terrible anyways. Yeah. They're well, so that's true. vague. Yeah. So. And they would do that to you. So mm -hmm. like they, they would, they've done that to me. We're like, no, you see. Mm -hmm. um, but like, what do you think um, prevents those conversations from happening? A big part of it is the confidence piece of what makes me any different than this other person who's also not asking for a raise. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, a big piece of it is confidence, recognizing what are you doing really well? What are the things that you're doing in addition to your job description? Because mm -hmm. I think quiet quitting. And it's funny because I feel like there's so many terms that are bad on employees, <laughs> but like, where are the bad terms about leadership, oh, about yeah. companies, you know, that's like what all I got of the layoffs, right? That's what I got in an argument about. Yeah. They, somebody was bashing these quiet quitters and I was like, really? Because I got laid off because I was a number. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, when it didn't make sense that. for you, mm -hmm. I was gone. Yes. So why, why wouldn't that work for me? Exactly. And yeah. that's when we started like, going at it. Yeah. And I was like, no way, dude, stop yeah. it. You're not, I'm not buying it. Quit yeah. it. <laughs> well, I think, right. It's, it's a way to get people to not ask for more. Honestly, I, I'm so curious, yeah. like, where did this term come from? Who started really yeah. talking about it? What's the origin of that? Because yeah. quiet quitters in reality, we need people who are doing exactly what they were hired to do. Yeah. Right. Wh which another term is called lifers, right? We yeah. have these lifers at companies who people talk about as like a negative thing, but it's not, it really no is a very important thing to hire people. Everyone talks about, Oh, let's hire all these a players. Well, if you're hiring so many a players at your company and you only have small growth year over year, or maybe you're hoping to skyrocket if you're yeah. a unicorn startup, which happens, but not very often or not often enough. So you hire all these A players and then you wonder why they're bored. You wonder why they feel like they don't have enough going on. That becomes quiet quitting. And then all of a sudden yeah. you've changed 
this A player that you've hired that you thought was amazing and you know is amazing, but you didn't give them enough to do or enough responsibilities or extra projects or opportunities to grow. And what do they become? Quiet quitters. Yeah. Because they're like, if I'm not challenged here, I'm going to find something else, yeah. which does take a lot of time and energy. <laughs> and so if you're looking for another job while you're currently employed, it can, you go back to that bare minimum expectation. Yeah. And all of a sudden, because you showed that you could operate at this level and now you're down here, that's becoming a quiet quitter. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of that phrase either. No, I'm, I, I've never, and I only do that because like there were two times I got tagged on LinkedIn or flagged on LinkedIn. And one oh, of them funny. was for that quiet quitting one. And then the other one was because like, I thought it was funny that the same CEOs who were on a podcast a month ago talking about how awesome their team was and about how great their leaders are like this month they are laying people off. Yeah. Like that's just funny. Yeah. It's a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, uh, you know, and then they tagged me for that. Cause they're like, Oh, you don't know what's being a CEO. I was like, I'm like, you're just true. A hundred percent. I also wouldn't hire a hundred people. Right. When, when every analyst on the country was saying, don't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Making some poor, poor decisions. Yeah, and it's like, it's not my fault. Frontline team members are often the ones that pay the price for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and like, I have, I have a lot of CEOs on here. A lot of big tech CEOs have come on here. Mm -hmm. And so I know that there's real times that you got to like lay people off or like Absolutely. restructuring has to happen. And sometimes it's nobody's fault. But like, we just saw too many though. Like mm -hmm. I saw too many people go yeah. like, what were you doing, man? Mm -hmm. What were you thinking? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've never enjoyed the whole, the whole, the whole conversations with management thing. Like I've never mm -hmm. been a, <laughs> I, I just like, yeah. look, man, um, it, it should be easy because I'm in that boat too. But I feel like it is harder for women because they don't get, I mean, a lot of the times training gets overlooked. A lot mm -hmm. of the times they get overlooked and it's, and it's kind of, hard to see like, yeah. I, so I, I think what you're doing is really important. Thank you. And I think it's great. I told you when we met, I was like, I need to have more women. On <laughs> yeah. Well, another episode that came to mind real quick, Dalton was, uh, I think it's episode 174. It's about, uh, office housework, a term that I hadn't officially heard of. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, that episode was so good because it really talked about women often volunteering for things that are not promotable tasks. So oh, men yeah. often raise their hands very quickly for a project that they're not sure what the outcome is going to be. If it's going to be a success where women are a little bit more hesitant because we like to see what's that bigger picture. Am I going to be successful in this? Because if not, I don't know if I want to tie my name to that. And <laughs> typically yeah. men are like, I'm going to figure it out. I'll get help. I'll ask for help if I need it. Where sometimes women are like, I need to do this all on my own. And if I don't have it fully mapped out from the beginning, I won't succeed. Mm. So it's a lot of changing that mindset and coming from upper leadership to their direct reports and working with them on that. But oftentimes women are very much in the connector space. So we mm -hmm. volunteer for things like, let me help plan the office uh, holiday party, or let me help focus on recognition efforts that are going to help lift other people up in the workplace and have them be seen. But that isn't a promotable task because it's not so much, it's more of that connection and not so much tangible 
results. Whereas someone who took on a project and sees that through fruition and it's, it's a positive thing. It's a success. Mm-hmm. That is, Oh, let me add that tick to my resume. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So other things that women versus men are typically volunteering themselves for are not always the same in terms of weight. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. And I like that you bring that. So how do you coach women specifically with mm-hmm. this thing? Like, raise your hand anyway. Like you don't have yeah. to, you don't have to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause I've done that where I'm just like, Ooh, this could be a colossal disaster. Yeah. Like, I'll try it though. <laughs> yeah. I'll try it anyways. Yeah. And we need yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what I do is helping people and, you know, for, for my leadership development program, I offer to all genders, but the podcast really is focused on women, mm-hmm. uh, is coaching your leaders and so mm. it's not always top down. I like to say, especially my my business is built on kind of bottom up, helping people from the most entry level grow into other positions. So if I and this is all learned experience that I had to do and test and learn and see mm. what worked and build relationships with my bosses is recognizing when I felt hesitant and going and talking to my boss after a meeting and saying, hey, I wanted to raise my hand on this project, but I felt uncomfortable because I don't quite know how long is it going to be? What is it going to entail? You know, what other departments am I going to have to be Mm, interacting mm. with? And what is this going to look like? What does success look like? And none of that was discussed in that initial meeting when they said, hey, who wants to sign up and help with this project? Mm -hmm. So when I was coaching my leader, hey, it might be helpful if you like, let me know in advance, you know, some of the people, some of the women on the team who might be interested in this, maybe have some chats in our one-on-ones about what you're going to discuss in the team meeting so that we can feel a little bit more confident. We can start thinking through it a little bit more Mm. and then maybe raise our hand and then you'll have more opportunities or options to choose from versus the one who is always <laughs> saying, yeah, me, yeah, yeah I'll take yeah. it on, right? And, and we've got way more L's than I have W's, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and that's what it takes, right? Is yeah. It takes L's. And so having that boss say, it's okay, I don't expect this to be an automatic success. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to have only successes along the way. Yeah. And when there are things that are hard or when you do reach a point where, you know, you jumped in and you were trying to swim on your own and then you were struggling and you started to drown, that's when you reach out for help. So setting up those expectations of the Mm. little uh, kind of like pinpoints or progress points along the way, that would help me or a potential female feel more confident. Even men who are some somewhat in that more feminine energy that like not all men are blind, confident, raising their hands (laughs) in meetings. So it's not just, you know, certain genders against certain genders. It's recognizing how can we as individuals coach our leaders and have those conversations to tell our leaders how to manage us best and how to help encourage us to sign on to those things. Yeah. I like that. I've been in both camps. I I think my thing is like, I do, I do that. I'll sign up and then I'll be like, all right, so, Hey, I said yes, but how do you Mm -hmm. want this to go down, dude? Because I'm thinking of like five different ways, Mm -hmm. uh, but they could be totally wrong. And so that, that's how I've always approached it. But I, I always do appreciate because my, you know, in my sales training, um, I actually have had a lot of women go through it because I titled it empathetic selling. Okay. I think that's, I think that's, Mm -hmm. but I think it doesn't necessarily, it applies to everything. I think if you, I think the number one rule of sales is like, give a shit about somebody else besides yourself. Yeah. And I think you'll be okay. Yep. You'll triple your sales right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think for leaders 
it's, yeah, I think you just have to, I think coaching them in the right way is, is a good way to do it. Now, is there a way that you do that to help women like tactfully get there? Cause I can see maybe in my brain, you know what I mean? I can see how that could get, go real South real quick. If we don't like, if you don't yeah. do it the right way, right? cause you got egos, right? Like mm-hmm. we all know that the higher you get in the hierarchy, the more insecure you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, yeah. come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, that's just been my experience. I've yeah. talked with a lot of CEOs who are just massively insecure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, a lot of that is what is that foundation of a relationship? Mm-hmm. Because I could give blanket advice to someone and say, go do yeah. this. <laughs> and then they go do exactly that. And they say it went terribly because, <laughs> yeah, that's true. right, they didn't have yeah. a boss who was supportive. Or maybe that boss was one of these kind of bad bosses that I help companies avoid promoting. <laughs> And they don't see how they can be more helpful. So it starts with a lot of questions. If it is like an individual session of, hey, tell me about your relationship with your boss. Do you feel comfortable in these situations? Would you feel comfortable talking to him and saying, hey, can I give you some feedback? You know, I know that you brought up this particular project today and I would have loved to potentially raise my hand or show some interest but I started having some questions and because I didn't have answers to those, you had already moved on to the next topic and chosen someone to work on that thing. So therefore that wasn't even an option. Whereas how can I help my manager be more prepared or have kind of a bigger picture mindset mm-hmm. if they're thinking, well, she never raises her hand or that introverted person, whatever their gender never talks in meetings. You know, we start labeling people because they aren't so quick on their feet. But I say, let's put it on the managers to also do a better job of having conversations outside of those meetings. Mm -hmm. And it could be before a meeting happens and saying, hey, this is our agenda. Maybe that's going to help an Mm. introvert feel more comfortable having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I also say if I was recently working with a gal who's much more introverted and likes to soak things in, I said, Hey, you know, at a, at a point in a meeting, if you feel comfortable or say, you know what, Dalton, that was a really great point. I I'm still letting it all sink in, but I know I'm going to be following up with you in Slack or wherever mm-hmm. after this meeting, because I'm sure I'm going to have some ideas, you know, building some of that confidence that you don't have to always be on the spot. And then also shifting that mm-hmm. leadership mindset that we're not only looking for those people who are so quick to jump. Yeah, I like that. One of the thoughts I had mm-hmm. while you were talking was managers do like they don't give much on a project, do they? And it's mm-hmm. usually like a cop out. They're like, I don't know how to figure it out either, but somebody will. And, <laughs> yeah. and then if so, if it goes wrong, it wasn't me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that's just a good rule of thumb for managers. If you have a project just to like outline it yourself, because yeah. here's the thing, like I, I got my degrees in accounting and finance. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't know accounting and finance and you hire somebody to do it, yeah, that's how fraud happens. Like that's how people steal money from you because you're like, I don't know how it works. Mm -hmm. Right. Must be telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And then a hundred million dollars later, you're like, "Mm." yeah, you know, Sam Bankman freed in jail (laughs) for embezzlement. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you just don't. So I always tell like people, it's a good rule of thumb that, you know, the basics Mm -hmm. so that you know, what's a, what's a win and what's not a win. Like I know, like I'm not a, 
I got my degrees in accounting, but I don't do it every day. Mm -hmm. But I know what's when there's a problem and when there's not. I know that much. Right. And, and so then I can like we can manage it better. Mm -hmm. And so like I know, you know, I know enough about HR to be like, this is a good job description and this is not a good job. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. although I'm not a professional, mm -hmm. so I'll give it to somebody. But then you can like it's like a check and balance thing. Right. right? Like, is this right? Like I can ask more educated questions. Mm -hmm. I can get there. So I think managers, I think that's just a good rule of thumb to like map out your project a little bit yeah. and then tell people like, these are kind of our milestones that we're looking at hitting. This is the timeline we're looking at hitting. This mm -hmm. is who we think we need involved. If you have any better ideas, that's yes. what I'm looking for. Yes. I think managers could do such a better job of, even if they don't know all of the details of a particular project that they're letting someone from their team jump in and learn is to set some of those checkpoints again mm -hmm. and always approach with curiosity, come from a place of seeking to understand. Mm -hmm. Myself as a manager, I always was thinking this is how it should go. And when I would check in and it wasn't doing that, I thought they're doing it wrong. Mm. And I had to learn, get curious. Why did you do that? Why did you take this approach versus this approach? Understand if they had a valid reason. Okay, cool. Have you considered if my path I thought was easier, faster, more efficient, whatever, then I would say, Hey, would you mind trying it this way and see if it helps you any better? And if they're thinking, no, I like doing it this way and I'm able to be more efficient in these other areas. Great. But it's seeking to understand mm -hmm. and recognizing. I love how Brene I've don't know which book it's in, but she talks about when we paint a picture of, hey, this is what I want this project to look like. And you're taking that all in. Mm -hmm. She talks about getting on that same page. Okay, tell me what this picture is going to look like or that end result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Because I could tell anyone to draw a picture of a house with a tree and a sun and everyone's would look different. Like, is your tree in winter? Is your tree <laughs> full bloom? Does it have yeah. apples in it? Right? Like it's going to look different. So different isn't a bad thing. It's just making sure that we are on the same page that yes, we're getting to that end result or, Oh, I didn't yeah. think about that. And one other thing is letting people know that you don't expect perfection and that it's okay to have, yeah. you know, some failures <laughs> and to call that out. It's such a relief when we hear that, that yeah. it's okay if you don't know all the things. I don't expect you to. This is new for you. So whenever you have questions, always come to me. Yeah. And then it's my job when they do come to me to not act frustrated <laughs> and be like, oh my gosh, they're asking so many questions. Well, I right. told them to do this. Yeah. If you're repeating a lot of the same things, of course, sure. <laughs> that's when we're going to have to have a conversation that hey, I think we've talked about this a few times. Yeah. Then I say, would it be helpful if I adjusted the way I delivered it? Would it be helpful if I record myself walking through this on my screen so then the next time you go to do it, you feel more comfortable because you can watch it side by side yeah. and you don't have to pull me in live, which could be distracting me from other work that I'm doing. Yeah. Find ways. Is Do they want written instructions? You know, the way I like to learn is visually and then doing it with them or seeing like, being able to follow along yeah. and then ask questions, but not everyone's like that. Some people do like written instructions. I suck at just reading <laughs> and comprehension. My husband can read game like rules and teach me. And I'm like, okay, cool. I could have read that and been like, mm -mm, I'm not yeah, even going like, to try it, it. Yeah. because it yeah. just makes no sense, you know? Yeah. So. Okay. I like that. I had a bad boss one time and it coined the phrase that I kind of run my life by, which is, um, if you have a zero tolerance policy, you have a maximum lying policy. Mm. 
I mean, everybody was lying That's to good. this guy. Yeah. Everybody was lying to him because we had a zero tolerance. It like it was win at all costs or or you're gone. or you're or you're out. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well, yeah. that's easy, bro. Like I can make it work. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I can tell you whatever you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, I don't recommend that, but that's when I, that's when I learned that phrase, which yeah. was like, you just have a, you have a maximum. Everybody's going to lie to you. Everybody's going to sneak around. They're going to, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to, f- I mean, look, man, I, we know it. Mm-hmm. Like you can make up whatever you want on a spreadsheet. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah I can scary. make it look, there's that, there's that accounting joke. That's like, um, somebody asked, uh, a mathematician, an engineer, an accountant, what two plus two was. And the mathematician said four. The engineer said two of what plus two of what. Uh-huh. And the accountant said, what do you want it to be? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> right? So like, yep. mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever you want. That's the same thing, right? If we're not understanding what is that end result we're looking for, yeah. then, you know, if we're just assuming two plus two is four <laughs> and going with that versus these other options. Yeah. Right. It's well, interesting. There, there's a lot of different ways. And and so I always kind of govern like <clears throat> my teams with like, look, guys, we're this. I like I know what the end is going to be, mm-hmm. but everybody here's got a different way of, of getting there. Mm-hmm. All like so. And then uh, with that same bad boss, I learned that one. And then I don't I don't have to be right. I just have to get it right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that kind of yeah. changed my outlook on problem solving too, which yes. was like somebody in here knows how to figure it out. We, yes. but clearly defining the end, mm-hmm. I think is what a lot of people miss just in general. Like if they yeah. start a business, if they go into a relationship, like they don't know what this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And we just start. And yeah. so we're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm walking a marathon, <laughs> right. but I don't know where I'm going where, right. Yeah. If we were in an actual marathon, it would have the markers and it would have the paths and yeah. we would know probably cause other people were also running that <laughs> unless you're super far behind, like you would kind of know a similar direction, but if yeah. you were just, you know, out there on some path, right. you would have no idea, but I am walking, I am doing the thing. But if you don't have that clear direction or those checkpoints, yeah, how you are you know. supposed to know what success is? Yeah, absolutely. So I always like to define something good by mm. what's bad, right? Yeah. Like I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you what it isn't. Yes, I do <laughs> that a lot. What I don't want to have happen here. Yeah, you're like, because uh, so, sometimes you don't know the end, right? You're yeah. like, ah, man, this could look differently, mm-hmm. right? Like I know we need to do X, but maybe that's not the right thing, yeah. but I know what I don't, I know what we can't do. Right. Uh, what's uh? so what's define a good boss by telling me what we shouldn't do. Like what, what shouldn't you do? What you shouldn't do as a boss. Um, gosh, so many things. <laughs> I okay. Was... Give me your top three. Like the, that if you had 30 seconds with somebody mm-hmm. at a networking event, you're like, dude, I think don't you have a bad boss. Mm-hmm. Like look out for these three things. Yeah. I would say number one in a bad boss is probably someone who is deflecting a lot of blame. They don't want to take ownership. Mm. So they're right. They were a really good individual contributor. So they're really good. And now their team isn't doing so well. So Mm -hmm. they're thinking it's not me. It's the team because I know how to do this job. It's Mm -hmm. the team. And so they're not taking ownership of uh, team success. Uh, I would say a bad leader is someone who's not showing, like doesn't even know what to conduct in a (laughs) one-on-one or frequently pushes them off. Yeah. And is like, I don't know. Like, again, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm good at what I do. So Mm. therefore, why do we need this check-in? You should just be good at what you do. And Mm. if you're not, it's a you problem. It's not a me problem. Yeah. A lot of assuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot of assuming. I would say, 
uh, bosses who are quick to make assumptions and judgments. Mm. So again, in those team meetings that where they're like, Dalton always raises his hand, but Nicole, she's kind of quiet or like she always brings all these, you know, she's wanting to give all these different opinions on why we should consider or talk through <laughs> or the whole devil's advocate, you know, and I just, yeah. I never want to talk through that because I already know what I want. So they're not welcoming right. of mm. that kind of team environment and they're making those quick judgments again of someone who's maybe a little bit more introverted or quiet in a meeting, they deem them as they're never going to be a manager because they never talk in these meetings. So therefore they don't have leadership potential, which is why a lot of people who do get promoted are the ones who are the louder or are raising their hands or talking the talk, but not walking the walk. (laughs) So, well, I I think what's interesting, the first two. Mm -hmm. So the first one, I tell salespeople all the time, don't be delusional. Mm -hmm. They, nobody promotes their best salesperson. Yeah. Why? Like, why would I just had this in a training the other day? They don't promote their best salesperson. They, cause they'll lose money. Yeah. They promote their, okay. Like Mm -hmm. that guy who's like their number five guy, Mm -hmm. that's who gets promoted. Mm -hmm. And so it just goes right to your head immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got promoted because I'm the best. No dog. You got promoted because (laughs) you were, they were, you were just good enough. Mm -hmm. They thought you were just good enough. Mm -hmm. And you, and if they promoted you and lost that revenue, you were easily replaceable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I would say, I always say if you're promoting your highest, like top performers, Mm -hmm. oftentimes that is a terrible decision. A, not only for the money loss, But B, if they are good at what they do as an individual contributor, they may not be the best people leader, you know? So it's like, it's that it is that how do we determine who's a good people leader? Because we want everyone to be performing because that's how you move in companies and get promoted Mm -hmm. is by good performance typically. But I'm working to shift that it's not only good performance. Yeah. You can still be a very great people leader, uh, but you have to care about other people. Yeah. A lot of the times, and we love that in individual contributors who are just killing it with their revenue, whatever they're doing to make the company money. Yeah. But they may not be the best people leader because they are very much focused on themselves and their goals, which is great. But again, that's what I think leads to a lot of bad bosses is that we shift and think that they're just going to be able to, you know, clone everyone into how great of a salesperson they were. Right. And then it quickly crumbles because of the fact that they're not able, they, it's they, confusing and it's, you, yeah. you want to say, oh, well, I'm so good at this. I don't know how to teach you because it just comes natural to me. Right. Well, right? And that, that was my point. Like yeah. when I started coaching salespeople, I was like, holy crap. I can do this, but like doing it and teaching it are not the same thing. Right. Like at period. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was okay. Like I'm a good salesperson. I'm mm-hmm. a really good salesperson. I'm not like a killer. Yeah. Right. Like I, I can, I can go in and get the job done and, and everybody can move, but I can teach somebody how to like somebody who's right. never done sales. Yes. Like give like a good example of this is like, I went, uh, I coached at the national permanent cosmetics Academy. Okay. They're all women sales team. Some of them are older. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like even older men, right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, I I've been doing this for 30 years longer than you've been alive. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like, I can teach them. Like mm-hmm. I taught them. It was great. You know? Yeah. Um, because it's just like, how do you teach people? Like yes. I'm not, I was never like, I mean, I, I had all the awards and stuff, but I was never like this guy you, you write a book about, Yeah, but okay. I could teach somebody how yeah. to be like a B plus That's player. Exactly. Yeah. A great position to be in. Yeah. If you can do good at what you do, 
so that you know what's successful and what's not, what's working. You can understand where to pivot because if you just totally suck at your job (laughs) and you don't know what you're doing, it'd be terrible to promote that person as well because they're like, I don't know, try, try something else. Right. Like it takes that kind of middle ground, you know, maybe like you have that top 20% and maybe they're somewhere in that bottom of that top 20% of your, you know, team. Yeah. Cause they could totally could be, it could be the number one guy. Cause I've seen it. The number one guy is also a great leader, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, but it's just pretty, in my experience, yeah, it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it, it takes those checks and balances. Yeah, to kind of are see, you yeah. only out for yourself, or are you teaching other people how to yeah. do your job really well? Right. If yeah. you were one of the top salespeople, but you were also saying, "Hey, here's what I'm finding as success. Here's where I'm making short pivots, or here's key phrases that I'm looking for to recognize." when I need to adjust the, like I need to come in a little softer Mm. or I need to adjust my approach or, you know, if you're teaching those things to other people behind you to lift them up with you, that is a sign of a people leader versus I'm not telling you my secrets. Like (laughs) Like if you happen to overhear what I'm saying and you happen to recognize what I'm, you know, internally recognizing as those keys and and cues to adjust (laughs) Like, good luck. Well, okay. The funny thing about sales, and I've noticed this about anybody, like Mm -hmm. engineers, uh, product people, whoever, Mm -hmm. like I I have a saying in in my sales training that goes like, your script isn't what's killing you. Yeah. Right. Like, because that I've seen top performers, like I was just telling somebody this yesterday. I was like, I, I knew a guy who literally would tell people like, Hey, can I get a raise? He'd be like, F no. Yeah. He would just be like that. Uh-huh. And he would say it kind of cheeky with a smile, like joking. I'm like, you don't. I'm like, and the, so I never tell people to like mirror people. But, yeah. Well, but it's this reason because like sometimes the top performer is killing it. Yeah. And like, but it only works for him. Like the, yes. he's the only guy who could tell somebody to F off when they ask for a discount mm-hmm. and still get the deal. Yes. <laughs> because yes. that's just him. Right. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. never tell you to do that ever. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes your top guys or sometimes these people you think are leaders like, it works for them because it's them. Right. And you can't duplicate that mm-hmm. very often. Right. You that's, know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's another thing that it's perceived value, right? Yeah, like I yeah, perceive yeah, yeah. if I think you're doing really great or I see leaders are flocking to you or you're getting uh, a lot of projects, I might think if I just act a little bit more like Dalton, maybe I can get more projects or mm, maybe I can do mm. this. Then I start leaning into something that's out of my authenticity. Yeah. yeah, And we see that a lot. And then people get promoted and then they're really confused because they're (laughs) like, I just was living a different life and now I'm promoted. Do I need to keep living into this persona or can I be my authentic self? And so you get a lot of that imposter Mm, syndrome there as well. That people are thinking, what did I get promoted for? Cause I felt like I was kind of faking it for a little while. Yeah. So I think that is the same where you recognize and a lot of my coaching is very much try it on and see what works for you. Mm-hmm. I don't just simply prescribe, do these things, this <laughs> checklist, and all of a sudden yeah. you're a leader. It's ongoing personal development of, hey, I'm going to try these things on and see if it works at my company. Again, all companies are so different. So the way you lead or the way you communicate or certain things might adjust slightly because of your environment or knowing your audience. Am I talking to leaders? Am I talking to peers? Who am I influencing right now? And Mm. what does that look like? 
Uh, So it does take a lot of adjusting in those moments. But if I'm thinking always, what would someone else do (laughs) who I think is being, you know, successful or what if I'm wrong in that perception? And then they start thinking, what the heck is Nicole doing? You know, (laughs) she's starting to act like this and it's really weird. And then that just further hurts my opportunities for that growth because I was trying something I thought was successful. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. So you, you have like a kind of like a bottom up approach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how do you, I mean, yeah, that do a lot of people, should everyone be a boss? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you ever have those conversations where like, Hey dog, I, mm-hmm. it might not be for you. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And because it's that celebrated next step of achievement. And so a lot of people think that's where they need to go to get that recognition. And so a lot of what I teach is, hey, let's also recognize there are so many other opportunities for growth. And Mm -hmm. for me, myself, I love working with frontline teams. So when I worked in customer support management roles, I once I realized at first I was definitely chasing the corporate ladder. How mm-hmm. mu- how far can I grow and how much money can I make? Mm-hmm. Then I started talking to my boss about what he did in his role. And I was like, I don't want to just sit in an office and scope out KPIs and looking at data. Like that was so boring yeah. to me. I love data and the stories that it can tell, but I loved being with my frontline team members, entry level who had lots of questions, needed a lot of help and training And I loved being super closely connected to the customers. Uh, So I knew that I didn't necessarily want to move up further. And so what could I do if I didn't have upward growth? How could I grow and expand where I'm at? And so I focus a lot of on on my coaching on that, too, is how can you expand where you're at? Because everyone who goes through my cohort isn't going to be, you know, a manager in a couple days or weeks. Maybe it's months, maybe it's years. Mm -hmm. It's simply to help them build and develop their soft skills to help them grow Mm. into whether that's growth where they're at or that upward trajectory when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. We should be paying attention to it. I would follow up with a leader uh, to say, Hey, so-and-so went through my program. Here are things they did really well. And here are some of my potential concerns. If you were to promote them into a people leadership position, here are some of my concerns or things that I would really work on Mm -hmm. before taking that next step. So I'm never saying don't ever hire this person. You're probably (laughs) hopefully as a leadership team recognizing some of those strengths. And it is just about fine tuning and tweaking. I think there's a lot of things that we can teach people to be better people leaders, but it is a huge adjustment from team member to team leader. And that's hard. That's a tough transition without help. Or guidance. Well, yeah, without any help or guidance, but man, that is such a, like, I remember my first team, I was like, holy crap, dude. Mm-hmm. Cause you just have, you're responsible for everybody on the yeah. team. They're all looking to you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my first team leader position was a commission only. So oh, like wow. they were commission only and I was, so, and I was commission only based on them. Yikes. So I didn't do it. So like, that's yeah, stressful. that was my, that was my first, but that's when I learned. And here's the next question, because you mentioned mm-hmm. soft skills, right? Mm-hmm. That's when I learned the importance of soft skills. But what what's like, what's the one you recommend the most mm. to like learn? Maybe you should start here. Yeah. Because there's so many. Right. But I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about self-awareness. I think that's a good one to 
lean well, yeah. into is yeah. Yeah. how am I being as a leader and having some of that self-reflection and asking for that feedback? Yeah. Really, it's all about building relationships with people and recognizing how you can support people. Mm-hmm. Right. You talked about how you mentioned with like sales. It's like if I just give a shit about something else, <laughs> if I start caring about their success, because you easily could have gone into that and said, my job, like my money and my family livelihood is betting on your success. Yeah. And it is like, it's yeah. out of my control because I'm expecting you to perform for me to get paid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you could have come in and been like, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. I need you to fix this. I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Right. And there are leaders who actively do this all the time. <laughs> or you can come in and say, how can I help you? Yeah. How, where are you getting stuck? Let me sit by you and, and hear a call and let me talk through and let me find out ways to help. I'm simply here to help. I'm not here to, you know, judge you, berate you. And that's, it does take time to build that trust because people are thinking, especially right now where everyone's Uh, getting laid off. And so how can you feel very safe in your role? If a boss was coming and saying, I'm going to sit by you and, you know, see how I can help. You might think, uh, are you really, or are you not? Right. So there is a little bit of that trust factor. So I think uh, that the biggest soft skill really is learning how to build individual relationships with your people. Mm -hmm. And if you can take that a step further and care about what their outside life is like, what's happening in their life outside of work Mm -hmm. is huge. You know, I feel like when people see you for who you are and recognize, you know, there's all sorts of things going on that could be affecting people's mental health, you know, so many things that are going on that we likely have no idea about. And if their performance is tanking because they feel so preoccupied and that they can't be seen in the workplace, that's a really lonely place to be. Yeah. And especially if you're working virtually and you're thinking, I'm just a number, I'm a nobody, I'm struggling and no one sees me. If that leader can be that person that says, you know, Hey, how are things at home? How are you doing? You know, and building, you're not going to get full vulnerability right from the get go, but it's those baby steps of showing, I want to build that foundation of psychological safety. I want to care about the things that you care about. And if you're saying, Oh, I, you know, went to this art festival. Cool. Tell me about it. What did you like about it? Right. And they're saying like, Oh, I am actually an artist too. Cool. Show me some of your artwork you know if we just leaned a little bit more into that when people lean into and they're like oh my gosh you're a podcast host tell us about it you know (laughs) how could this help versus there have been times where I was my hand like my wrist was slapped because I had posted on LinkedIn about something I was going to do as like a lunch and learn so on my own personal time during lunch when I worked virtually and I was a manager in this position And I had my manager reach out. I was still new at this job. And he said, hey, I just want to let you know, people are talking and they're worried about (laughs) this whole like idea of a LinkedIn lunch and learn. Um, And I instantly shut down. Was it something that you were teaching at the lunch and learn or was just that you were having one? I was going, I was, I was, it was one post that said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a lunch and learn on some of these topics, what would you be interested in? And it would be kind of a, you know, like sure. Yeah. Whatever. A live zoom call or something. Right. It was one post. And that one post made people talk about me at work. And I instantly shut down. I didn't post on LinkedIn for a year. 
I yeah, was that's crazy. And, and I was also disengaged in my job because I thought if I can't, they knew I was coming on and that I do leadership coaching and that I have a podcast and that I like to talk about leadership development, which maybe is that too close to home because well, my it, hobbies are yeah. talking about work. You yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was not a good experience. And <laughs> what? Well, and that just goes, that just shows like boundaries of companies. Cause I told people, I mean, I, um, I've been, I've been, there was one job where they didn't really let, like that. I had a podcast cause I was using it to sell more than mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. and they thought it was an unfair advantage. And I was like, well then go build your own damn yeah. podcast. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. Or like, don't, like I don't know what you. to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I actually did say, all right, like, I know you're feeling this way. Mm -hmm. I think that XYZ company should have one yeah. and I'll, I'll lead it up. Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll do everything for it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so nice? Yeah. And we'll, we'll become a thought leader in this space. You can host it. We'll get all these deals. We can mm -hmm. round robin them to mm -hmm. the team, whatever. And they like ghosted me. But I just think that companies shouldn't like, don't worry about what I'm posting on LinkedIn. Man. Yeah. For the most or, part. Yeah, unless, unless it's wild. I, there's right. rules. Yes. Absolutely. But if Boundaries I'm doing something like that, yeah. yeah. But if I'm doing something like that, bro, chill. Yeah. yeah. Take it. I was like, how about since I'm employed at this company, utilize my skill set and like help me help the team learn more. I yeah. always gave suggestions yeah. that, Hey, we could use more training. <laughs> we could use an actual training department, you or know, like a manual. Like yes. you didn't even give us a training like, manual. <laughs> no one owned, uh, like we have this help center and no one owned it. And we, people would get frustrated when it wouldn't get updated. And I would say, mm. well, whose responsibility is that? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. I guess I everyone's. Know. Well, if it's everyone's, it's then the, it's no one. Yeah, it's the marketing guy. <laughs> yeah. So it was things like that. So yeah, I get yeah, it. It was a little great. chaotic. But yeah, things like that can quickly. And I'm like, that was just a business post. Can you imagine if it was something about my gender identity or something where I was posting about, you know, yeah. black people matter, you know, black lives matter. What if I posted something like that and my company came at me? you know, about something I was really passionate about, you can easily yeah. shut down for those things. Well, so. easily shut down. And that's not good. That's not good for companies at all. Like, right. It's just not good to get, I don't know, like, unless we, like I've been at companies and like as a sales role, mm -hmm. we have social media standards yes. and we sign that in our job description and it makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. No wild, nothing wild, nothing racist, nothing. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Don't go crazy. Yeah. But like post on social media, like mm -hmm. as long as you're not doing that, whatever. Yes. Um, and that's, and that's ex to be expected. But mm -hmm. yeah, these, these people who think they have control over people outside of work blow my mind. Mm -hmm. But that's also where I come in. Like, I think having s like s hard skills, I mean, the soft skills are important, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think that's one of the reasons, like, I like teaching people that you c you don't, like, this company doesn't mean you're good or bad at your position. Right. Like, Cause if you're like, I'm good at sales mm -hmm. and like, I've had to eat my words a few times when I've said this, so I'm okay now. But like, <laughs> but like, yeah, dude, you could, my boss could call me and fire me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like I'm my own boss now, but Enrique could call me and fire me tomorrow. Now. <laughs> but like, I'd be fine. Like I'd have a job the next day. Mm -hmm. And I think that like when, in, when, and I always tell my, my people that like when I have salespeople, I'm like, you guys can sell. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm ever out of line, I expect you to like yeah. quit on me day one go because you guys can get paid the same anywhere. So that's on me though. That means I need to be a good leader Yes, because I know my people can go wherever they want. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah like, I, I think there's them, right? that, there's that aspect. But again, in, in this environment right now, people are worried. Yeah. They're scared. Yeah. It's definitely different. I do. I because yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. you have to recognize what Kinda is that current the, environment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, even though I might be really good, 
people are having a hard time finding jobs. I know like, I, I know right? Silicon Valley marketers who can't yes. get a job right now. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, you could be so good at what you do and still not find work. So mm-hmm. then you're in one of those environments where you're thinking, what am I doing? So yeah. there are those times where I think it makes sense to play the you know, game a little bit. Yeah. Disengage a little bit, still do your job really well. But if you recognize there's not growth for you at your company and that's what you're looking for, or you feel like you're not seen or heard from your leader, absolutely. You should Prepare. be thinking, yeah, <laughs> thinking about your exit plan and starting yeah. to network with other people from other companies so yeah. that when a good opportunity arises, You know, I've seen so many people that I even deemed as not great employees or Mm -hmm. how could they be successful anywhere else because (laughs) of my one interaction where they made a mistake and I've made plenty myself. So I'm sure people think that like, (laughs) who is she to be coaching, you know, leadership development, right? But then I see them go off to these other companies and succeed in much larger roles than I've ever held. And I just have to sit and be like, I'm so glad they learned. I'm so glad they kept pushing forward. I'm so glad they kept trying, even though our company deemed them as a potential failure and that they didn't work out here. I'm so glad they found something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just different. Like I've been at companies too, where like, that was just, everybody was like, it it wasn't a good look for anybody. Mm -hmm. Like we were all at the company. Like I remember one specific company, um, that after they had this huge layoff Mm -hmm. of all the salespeople, like every salesperson that I was close to was in a management position. Mm. And so it kind of just go, it went to show like what kind of team we actually had there because like we all got laid off and now they're a director. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, Mm -hmm. you know, a VP. They're these guys right there and on or whatever. And I'm like, and then I go talk, I I go back and talk to people like that because it was just wild. Like everybody was stressed. We're fighting like, and so I tell people, I'm like, look, man, if I ever said anything that was crazy, mm-hmm. that was not a good look. And then everybody <laughs> kind of feels that, right? Like yeah. we're all stressed. We're all saying wild stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, but then you flourish at somewhere else. You're not in that environment mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. was not conducive to your growth, right? Or your success. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What wild stuff. I think, but yeah, you, the word that I came to mind when you were describing that is just the, a word that I live by. Like, I just love this word empathy. Mm-hmm. You just got to like, just care. And so I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. I'm wondering if you can help me. Absolutely. Because there's a lot of times men don't like, you know, if somebody came up to me and was like, I'm an artist, I'm probably not going to ask you to see your art. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and I would now like, Mm -hmm. but there was a time when I probably wouldn't have. Yeah. What do you, what do you do? Maybe, I mean, I know it's a big humility thing. I know it's a self-awareness thing, but is, is there maybe a thing that, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but like, is there a way to overcome yeah. that? Like, or maybe like, maybe, okay, you don't have to ask them what their art is every right. day, but, but there is a way to show that. Mm-hmm. So I think it comes right. If, if no one's listening to podcasts like these to grow, <laughs> yeah. then they're not in a place to maybe hear certain messages that will help them get there. That's fair. So you have to recognize, let's say if I am a director and I have all these managers and I'm like, why isn't this leader doing this thing. So that's where it can start from the top is, Hey, I, I want us to care about our team. And again, that starts from that top part Mm -hmm. of if my manager cares about what I'm doing inside and outside of the workplace, then that gives me permission to do the same. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of when you're breaking chains a little bit where when I worked uh, at a company 
that was very much like you can't fraternize with your uh, team members. You cannot talk with them outside of work. You cannot hang out with them Whoa, outside really? of work. Mm-hmm. It was a big no, no. So if you did it, it had to be very hush hush. Uh, and that you like, you couldn't ask about their personal life. So it was very mm. much, they were, if they were at work, you talked about work and that was it. And mm. that was my first leadership experience. And I thought, wow, like, I don't know that's if I like tough. this yeah, that's kind of tough because I want to be there for my people. <laughs> like I very much pride myself on my ability to connect with people, yeah. but I felt like I couldn't be vulnerable and talk about things that were happening at, at for me. And they couldn't talk about what was happening for them. So if there isn't an environment that, you know, fosters vulnerability, then it's not going to happen. So someone has to break that chain. And so me and my boss did that some, and we were pretty much kind of like on that blacklist of sorts (laughs) that we were never going to get promoted. And so thankfully I got a great opportunity and left. And then he later came to my same company, which was great. Uh, But it has to start somewhere. So if it's a manager or a higher up at a company that's tuning in and they're like, Oh, I want this recognize what you're doing. So you're saying similarly, Hey, I don't know if I would have asked these questions, but now that I'm recognizing it's important, maybe I will. Yeah. So it starts with those little conversations and it can be awkward at first. Like you don't, you're not going to always, again, you're not going to be right. (laughs) You're going to get it right. You're going to figure out, oh, that was a dumb question and call it out. Hey, I I recognize maybe that wasn't the best question for me to ask. (laughs) If you recognize maybe you were pushing a boundary or something. Sure. sure, Uh, sure, sure. But yeah, just asking, hey, how was your weekend? And if they say good, awesome. Tell me about it. Like step a little bit further to get them to to open the door saying I'm welcoming you to share more about your life and you can do so or not. And then if they're like, Oh, you know, my daughter had a dance recital. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. How long has she been? Or like, how was that? Was that stressful? Or, you know, like, or if you can find some relatability, you know, I would say for my kids, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. So, you know, being able to connect, you know, if they're like, (laughs) Oh yeah, like drop off and then daycare. And I'd be like, same, you know, how do you <laughs> yeah. manage that? Or just like helping people be seen. It right, doesn't right, have right, right. to be this huge production. Mm, and that's, that's where I say it feels like a lot. If I'm asking things like then what's going to be expected of me, but I'll do things where they're saying, Oh, I'm going on a family vacation, you know, in October, then I'm going to write a note uh, or I'll set a calendar reminder that says, you know, in October, I'm going to follow up with that person yeah. and their one-on-one and be like, Oh Yeah. You talked about, are you, did you say you're going to Disneyland? And even if they're like, oh, it's Disney World. Okay, perfect. Like, how's that going? The planning, like, how are things? How can I make your life easier? And just having those words and the support makes such a difference. So it really is small steps in that right direction of creating more connection in a way that feels authentic to you. Don't ask questions that you're like, this is so far out of my comfort zone. That's right. Have those, you know, baby steps in the right direction. And what's funny about that is like when I talk to, when I, cause I teach a lot about empathy obviously, but Mm -hmm. um, when I talk to men about it, I'm like, it doesn't have to be long. Yeah. Like, and what I learned um, and I told the story a bunch, but I was a crisis counselor for the suicide hotline and you don't have to, it, it doesn't have to be much because you, a little goes a long way. Yes. Like just being like, like, what'd you do this weekend? Mm-hmm. I like football. Oh dude, I love football. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And it can be like some, for some people it can be just that. Yes. But like, 
if you're scared or if you're like, if you think it's woo woo, mm-hmm. what I tell men is like, it doesn't have to, it can be just really short. Like my mm-hmm. wife, like if she is having a hard day, have you ever seen that, that uh, video? It's not about the nail. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, sometimes, absolutely. sometimes it's like, it's I don't have the emotional energy, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. but sometimes like, I'm so like, that's so hard, babe. Yeah. And like, that's all we say. Yes. And now we're good. Yeah. We don't <laughs> like always just, need the logical fix it solution. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be long either. Yes. It doesn't have to be like, okay, well tell me about your day. Let's break yes. it down for an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be like, it can be like, wow, that's great. You went to Disneyland. I love yeah. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Let's chat about that. Or like, let's, let's circle back. Let's come back to that or what, or I'll remember it. Do a calendar yes. reminder. Yes. But I, I always tell, especially men, like mm-hmm. just, you don't have to fix anything. It doesn't have to be this long yeah. session. Mm-hmm. It can just be really fast, but like it has to be authentic. Yes. Like don't, don't brush people off. But like mm-hmm. if you genuinely mean it, it doesn't, it can be a couple minutes and yes. you, can, you can get your, your people can be set forever. They can be yeah. like, Oh wow. He listened. Well, and that reminds me when you're talking about kind of authenticity and just simple, mm-hmm. it reminded me of this. I went to a, an event recently at kiln and this person came up to me and we were kind of doing some introductions. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this person comes up to me and, uh, she's, we were kind of like, Hey, what's your name? You know, like yeah. finding some initial kind of friendships before we go into this, you know, yeah. uh, event. And as soon as she asks my name, she got a text. And so she's looking at her watch and then she's pulling out her phone. She's so distracted (laughs) by her phone. And then I'm literally like trying to say like, should I keep talking or, you know, I'm kind of looking at some other people around us. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like she's not acknowledging, like she asked the question and then no longer acknowledged that I exist. Okay. Uh, And then she just walked off. And so I was like, Okay. And of course, like it sounded like there were some much bigger things that were going on, perhaps, you know, assume the best. So I'm like, yeah, cool. Like maybe I'll catch up with this person another time. But in that moment, you know, it started with her asking, Hey, how are, like, who are you? You know, tell me about you. And then quickly disengaging. And I could see that. So it's the same if you're in a one-on-one as the manager and you're like, how are you? And then you start responding to a slack but you're virtual so you're like (laughs) i'm looking at you but like i'm really typing to someone else or like i'm gonna have the camera right here but i'm gonna like look and check my emails real quick as you're responding people can tell if you're engaged yeah just by your voice yeah i mean if you're in person you can see the body language what's funny is like we do calling Mm -hmm. at my company and i like posture matters, mm-hmm. tone matters. Mm-hmm. If you're smile, like people can tell on the phone if you're smiling yes, or not. Yes. <laughs> like, but absolutely. And so you don't even have to be in person to smell bullshit. All right, friends, that is pretty much where we wrapped up before I started sharing about where people can come find me, which you're already here. So thanks again for hanging out and tuning into this episode where I had the opportunity to be a guest. Again, the name of Dalton's podcast is The Thinking Project. I think it's so fun to switch it up and share some of these episodes you might be interested in as well. I'd love to hear your takeaways if you're starting to share content on LinkedIn. This would be a great one to share about where you can maybe share key takeaways or hey, even send me a message directly over on LinkedIn. Connect with me if we aren't already send me a message and let me know what you thought about this episode. All right, until next time, we'll see you later.